Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Triple Obsession Series. So, Ryan is leading this one. Um, <laughs> and I'm Ryan, um, Beardy Beerbluck on Instagram. And I'm Charlie, follow me on Instagram at CraftKindGang and at CharlieAnyone. So, leading on from the last episode where I was interviewed with Charlie's beers you drink before you die series questions. Yeah. Um, we're going to flip it up and basically this is my turn to interview Charlie on the same questions, sticking to the format. We kind of enjoyed last episode, I think, quite a lot. One that we were it was really good fun. Yeah, By the way, gonna... already, this feels like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, have you ever been driven around in your own car? <laughs> no, that's not the only so way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really bizarre, but no, good, good, good. No, I mean, we enjoyed the last episode and we said afterwards that we were going to flip it up and you were going to have a go at answering these questions, which you'd kind of put together. And then hopefully in the next few months or probably the next month, we should have someone on to record. Um, I think we've had a bit, we will have a bit of feedback by the time the next episode goes live. But I think we've got someone in line anyway for the next episode. Uh, no spoilers, but they're, they're big in the Instagram beer game. So, yeah, without further ado, should we just kick off and get on to the first one? I think so. But just before we do, I completely sympathise with what you were saying last week about how hard some of these are to answer. Yeah. Because in my head, I had answers to some of them, but I think I just subconsciously skipped over the ones that were difficult to answer. And now, actually trying to put it down on paper. It's not easy. Yeah. Really good fun, though, thinking of it. That's what I said. And there was a few questions on there. And I was like, how do I come across here? Like, like I know I'm talking about, even though I don't most of the time, but. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be no hope in mine, don't worry. Let's start with the first one. Right. So, first ever beer that you remember having, and what was the first craft beer? So the first beer I ever remember having, I think you went for first legal beer, didn't you? Mm. I'm, I'm going to remove the shackles of UK law, and we're going to transport ourselves to a caravan park in Brittany where I was on holiday when I think I was either 14 or 15, more likely 14. And I had one of those stubby little crappy bottles of French lager that you get for, at the time, I don't know, six francs in a supermarket per bottle. You buy a massive slab of 24 and you just fill the fridge in your caravan with them. Don't knock them, I love them, mate. Green glass, you know the ones I'm on about. Probably a bit of red on the label. Yeah, the little tiny stubbies. I love a stubby that one's red hot. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. First, first, first craft. I consciously remember the first craft one. I think it was probably summer 2013. And I went into London. We were going to go to a place called Red Dog Saloon in, I think it was in Shoreditch. Shoreditch or Soho. Anyway, one of the S areas in London. And we stopped off at, I believe it was an all bar one. And they had Sierra Nevada pale on tap. That's a good choice. And I'd been like, you know, I'd had some real ale before then, but I'd never had anything that I considered to be craft. And I thought, I'm just going to take a swing on it. And so I bought myself a pint of Sierra Nevada nine years ago and never looked back. It's still a stable classic. Oh, yeah, good. I still have it now. Yeah, I do. It's really good. It's one that you kind of like, like you know, Lagunitas as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's like one of those cans where it's like, Sierra Nevada is really easy to pick up now in like some of the major supermarkets where you can just go, it's on the shelf, I'll just pick a couple of cans and throw in the basket because they're pretty good just to have in the fridge. Just and Torpedo used to be able to get in Marks and Spencer's, which is like the seven point something percent. Yeah, version. yeah. 
Ah, it's a solid, solid beer. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great track. gateway, isn't it? I think if you were to yeah. survey the the broader beer community, I imagine the majority would have landed on either like Sierra Nevada or Punk IPA as their first craft. Yeah, I think even them two will be leading the way, definitely. Yeah. Punk IPA and definitely Sierra Nevada. They'll be sort of thinking much more that would be like you kind of the gateway beer. But yeah, it's an excellent choice, that one. Good, good answer. Nice. Thank you. So, so what this was the one that I kind of struggled with the hardest. Like, yeah. so what beer do you love, but other people hate? Now, I'm going to mention two specific beers, but it's a broader conversation about a style that I loved that was gone all too soon. So the beer that I'm going to mention, or the two beers I'm going to mention, one is called Solar Winds by Vocation, and the other one is called Cold Skies by Padstow. And these were Brute IPAs. I knew that's where you were going to go. Do you remember Brute IPAs? Yeah, yeah. they, they, were, they came and went really quick, though. So fast. But yeah, the, the style, so this is funny, those beers were meant to have no finish at all. Like when you drink them, it, your palate is just clear instantly. And I feel like the taste landed, lasted on your tongue longer than that style of beer lasted as a whole. It was just... Yeah, they were out. interesting though, weren't they? But I just don't think they were very, they just weren't very popular. Not very popular they were just at all. To the direction of the market because people were going towards... In, in scores, big, gloopy hazies, and they were yeah. just the exact opposite. It was a weird time, though, wasn't it? I think that, like, I remember Northern Monk doing one of their patrons projects. Yes, really it was a on. series. It was like a trilogy series, and their one was called Malt, and that was the Brute IPA, I think. Yeah, they also did a, they, yeah, so they did a Malt one. When they did that series, didn't they? Was it Malt, Yeast, and Hops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. But then I'm sure they did a patron project as well. Um, yeah, they did, and it was Northern Monk and Edge Brewing, um, and it was a collab with um, John Simmons' design called What Fools These Mortals. Yeah. It was a white, great brute IPA. Mantle. Imagine that now. People would love it. Yeah, I remember that. It was a good can. It was like a silver can with the goat's head on. style was so far ahead of its time. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Bring them back and let's have another go. Now that a lot of the scenes tastes have kind of changed. Well, I, I just think like people are talking about cold IPAs and IPLs and you know West Coast Pilsners and all this kind of stuff. And I just think there is movement towards drinkability that inherently has beers that kind of finish quicker, have less of a lingering palate smash. It's like, bring back Brute IPAs. They were the answer. Right in front of you all the time. It's a great answer, that one. Like, we've what other people hate, because you definitely were in the minority. I mean, I would love to try another one again. I think it was like, I don't know, year that would have been. 2018. I reckon 2018, early 2019, and then they were gone. Yeah, so like four years ago. Yeah. Oh, IP. (laughs) So... This was the one where I stole your answer. So I'm just yeah. seeing if you put down a different road of this one. So I, what have, is the, I have. What is the beer that you once loved, but now realise it's terrible? Oh, Garden. Next question. Pardon? Oh, Garden. Fair enough. <laughs> I, used to, I used to like, when I was first getting into craft beer, it kind of, my route in was, so I had that Sierra Nevada early on, and then it went 
decidedly Belgian. So a couple more holidays to France. You could get loads of different varieties of Trappist stuff in the supermarkets there. So I was drinking Left, Left Ritual, Left Nine, like all the big Lefts. And when I got back here, I was looking for similar stuff. And I was like, oh, Hogarden, that's like a wheat beer. That's similar. So I used to like treat myself to big bottles of Hogarden. That, that was like a real Saturday night treat back in the day. And I've had it recently. And it's like, this is not good. Really not good. You remember when Cronenberg kind of did a, a version of that? Yeah, the Cronenberg Wit. Yeah. Also awful. It was like really bad Radler. Awful. Like in a white bottle. No, I really like some Wit beers. I love Hefeweizen. I really like that style. So it's not that I've grown out of flavour or those particular flavours, but Hogarden is just bad. If you need a slice of orange in it, it's bad. Fair. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Yeah. So, what is the beer that means the most to you, but not the beer itself, but because of circumstances? Oh, I flip flopped so hard on this one. There were so many different ones I was thinking of. But what I'm going to go for, because this this I have like two attachments to, is Bruzot. So that is a blonde from De Havman Brewery in Bruges. And this was, is one of the first holidays me and Katie ever went on together was Bruges. And we went to the brewery. We got this guided tour around and we booked this like a, like a private tasting after. You, they're like different tiers of tickets you can get when you buy the tour. And this other one, or the, the ticket that we got entitled us to go down into the tasting room and you get like a tutored tasting of the beers. And they pour you a pint of Zot, but it's not the stuff that you get in bottles or in draft around the city. Because it, it's at the brewery, it's unfiltered. Oh, nice. So it's like New England Zot. It was like really thick, really full-bodied. And it was, I think, the. it might not have been the first beer that we'd had in Belgium, but it wasn't far off. Like, it was on, it was on day two, I think, of the trip. And it was just stunning. And it, you know, like all the circumstances around it. And then the second circumstance is... We went to Bruges twice before the pandemic, and then we were planning to go in 2020, which we obviously didn't get to. Wanted to go last year, but that got scuppered. Uh, wanted to go a lot earlier this year, but then my grand passed away and we didn't get to go. But then we finally got to go in August, and we drove to Eep first because Katie's got like a family connection to Eep, and then to Bruges, and the trip to Bruges was awful. Satnav took us the wrong way. We ended up on the wrong side of the city going through the cobbled streets and there was some kind of street procession on. Very stressful. So we just like dropped our bags in the hotel, went straight around the corner to Cafe Cambronus or Beer Brasserie Cambronus, sorry, and got like a fresh Zot each and just sat there and just languished in it. Uh, it's, it's not a bad beer. Yeah. The beer itself, but it's just really nostalgic. Yeah. That's a good answer again. Uh, let's see where you go over this one. So, okay. beer is objectively the greatest ever. So, I'm really intrigued because I think you've got some opinions on what I'll say here. Like, what would you predict me to say for this one? Is it the brew that you're wearing? No. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. Just the list is Charlie's wearing a fur hoodie. Always. <laughs> Almost <laughs> always. 
I don't know which way you'll go. I don't know. Go on. I'm gonna, right. Put you out of your misery. It is Drew Fontaine and uh, Gers, Armand and Gaston. Oh, yeah. Classic. There is no situation that isn't made better by Armand and Gaston. I can't think of a single time I wouldn't want it. Like, early afternoon with your lunch, perfect. Mm. Like, with your dinner or just sitting in the sun, really picking it apart, perfect. Just want something that's easy to drink with dinner, perfect. Nightcap, perfect. Like, there's there's no situation that I don't want that beer in. And it's good in all seasons, though, isn't it? Like we said then, yeah. the sun, but then even having it in the winter when you're just chilling out in front of the fire and just... Yeah, you can have it like ice cold and it's super refreshing or you can let it warm up and you can really sit and pick it apart. Like what? It's like a choose-your-own-adventure beer. And it's the best beer of that style, I think. And the accessibility, so many factors. So many. Yeah, I think that's one of the big ones as well, isn't it? Like it's accessible. Like it's not, it's one of those where you can go into your bottle shop and buy yeah. it. It's easier to call one that you can just go in and just but pick Always, it. all year round. Yeah, that's there's a bookshop near me that sells the three seven fives for seven pounds. Yes, give me all of those. Fill a basket. I think mean, that's the first like Belgian lombic that I ever had in a three seven five bottle. Really? Yeah, just to try it out. I'm sure it was the first I oh. ever bought. Yeah, that's a good. That is a good entry. Yeah. I didn't have that until I've been drinking Belgian and wild stuff for about eighteen months. I don't think. Uh, it was one of those where I'd kind of just gone into the shop and seen it and seen like people drinking on Instagram and just, I think it was just I was just intrigued on the style I've never had it before picked up one yeah. of them and yeah it's, that's a great answer for that and like yeah I think there's a lot of like there'll be a lot of love for that answer I did I did flip flop on this like it was going to be even sharks for a really long time I was nearly right yeah yeah you, you weren't far off it definitely could have been even sharks but I think almost any of these answers, apart from what's a beer you love that other people hate, could have been even sharks for me. So I've done well to swerve it so far. Oh, no, no, I've heard it mentioned yet. It's time. Oh. Next answer, maybe. Um, so what is the beer that you could or have drunk most? So um, I'm, I've actually crunched some numbers on this. It is a burden. And it was between even sharks and... I knew in my head it was between these two, but I had to get untapped to confirm it for me. Uh, people, money, space, time. That's the one I would have guessed for you. Yeah, currently at 47 check-ins, and I know I've had it more than that. They're just the ones that I care to remember and log digitally. Yeah. But even Sharks was a close second at 42, I think. And then Putty, interestingly. Wow. God knows I've had so many of those. Wow. It's like in their 30s. Well, yeah, there's a lot of love for like people on one of best times. Like, oh, I mean, we've mentioned it numerous times, and they were still like sub five percent beer. There's probably nothing that comes close to it. There isn't. No, no. I'll... I'd love there to be. I'm open minded. Yeah, this has got a suggestion of something else in the sub four percent range that can fuck with people on space time. Let me know. Is it three point six percent? Three eight. Three eight. Yeah, it is a it is a good one. I mean, I remember when we did the mystery beers episode, and I was like, "Can I catch him out?" And you just yeah. knew straight away. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I know what this is. 
Yeah, you gave me a headband as well, didn't you, once? Yeah. Three mystery beers. And I had no, my sinus was wrecked, and I was like, is the Simcoe in this? You were like, no. Is the Nelson in this? No. <laughs> like, right, well, I'm bad at this then, I guess. So, what is the beer that you don't love as a whole, but as a single characteristic that you love? Now, this has a bit of a caveat on it, this one, because I didn't like it at the time. I'm slightly more open-minded now, although I wouldn't buy it. It's the kind of beer I'd have if there was, if it was on draft and I could get a third of it, I'd happily have a third of it and try it and be a bit more open-minded to it. But that would remove the one thing that I really liked about it in the first place. So that beer is Patrons Project Inza 1702. The IPA with pureed papaya, mango and passion fruit. I do not like adjunct IPAs. I think there are loads of other ways to get that kind of flavour in. I'd like if I want something that's fruity, I'll have a fruited beer. Yeah. I don't really when I go for an IPA, I don't want that combination of really pungent, dank hops and fruit, actual fruit. Either get the fruit flavour from the hops or do something else. Yeah. I'm quite <laughs> quite puritanical. But the artwork on that Inza series is stunning. I've mentioned it before. I'm probably going to mention it again at some point, but the artwork sold that can to me. Yeah. Which is what I mean. If I if I was to order it in a pub, I wouldn't have the pretty can sat in front of me to look at. I see. So that would remove the one redeeming characteristic that it had. Yeah, the whole series was fun, wasn't it, with them with all the labels when they, they all they all put together and made a really good piece of art. Yeah, and I think the, the problem with when I drank that is, you know, it's probably twofold. One, I was much less experience with fruity beers back then and two i lined up 1701 and 1702 to have at the same time i think or i'd had them quite close together and 1701 was stunning that tdh ipa absolutely yeah. brilliant like such a great beer and i was expecting more of the same in 02 and it was just like a really gloopy over sweet yeah fruit bomb I remember it. that was like the yellow label, wasn't it? Like golden. Yeah. Was yeah, it was bright? a stunning can. It's like a tropical like... IPA, wasn't it? Yeah, I it? remember. Yeah. They, were, they were very good. Like the artworks were really cool. And they did a really cool thing with the finale where they spray painted the design onto the cans and yeah. get spray painted can. And that fridge, the fridge giveaway that they did, the smeg, that was incredible. Yeah, it was very, very cool. Very cool. But yeah, it's a good. Good one. So easy one next. What was the last beer that you drank? That was uh, Other Half and Monkish, JFK to LAX. And I had that after we recorded... It wasn't the last episode. It was after we recorded the October episode. Ah, yeah. So I'm currently two weeks without any beer. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Been a, been, a, been a dry couple of weeks in the preparation for Belgium. <laughs> Where all, all hell will be let loose. Literally. Oh god, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna wreak absolute havoc on my digestive tract with all the basket vinegar. But any comments on the beer that you had or? Oh what the monkey the other half monkish. Yeah, it was it was okay. I had it after I had comfort settings. Yeah. So I was used to like a big chalky mouthfeel and other half doesn't always get there, interestingly. And so I had Humble Sea, which was good. 
like it was an IPA, wasn't a double or anything. Very good. Maybe a little on the thin side for you know for the six plus ABV range. Comfort yeah. settings, which is just like you stand a spoon up in it, it's brilliant. And then the other half was, I don't know, maybe slightly underwhelming for the ABV, but very drinkable. Yeah, I'm interested to see the answer on this one. What's okay. the best beer that you never want to drink again? I'm going to take you back to February 2020. And by the way, it's been really hard not to talk about friends and family for all of the positive answers to these questions so far. So like, yeah. I don't know why. It's just the, the reference point that I always come back to. But uh, the brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y, had a beer there called Blueberry or Black Tuesday Blueberry Pancake. This was a 19.2% stout. I went up, I had a look at the pump clip, and I was like, oh, 19.2. I'll probably come back for that a bit later. And they were like, well, it's probably going to kick in about 10 minutes. I have it now or never. It's quite early afternoon. And I had it. And it was, in fairness, incredible. Maybe the thickest beer I've ever had. So luxurious and velvety and massive. But also... 19.2% beers are a very dangerous thing to discover that you like. I've done it now. I've ticked it. I don't ever need to go there again. It just seems like a slippery slope to me. Especially at an all-in beer festival as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that wasn't one of the limited pours either. No. So you could quite feasibly have just gone back and back and back and put yourself in orbit. And ended your session early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when sadly, what I've chose to, chosen to do is end my relationship with that beer after one. It was stunning, wasn't it? That? Like, I yeah, amazing. Well, and we were both there at the same time, and it was inc- what an incredible beer. Like, Outrageous. Yeah, it was, it was very, very good. But yeah, that's the but yeah the 19.2% set a, a tick against it now. Naughty, naughty beer. So what beer could you have made and why? I think of all the questions, this is the one I found the hardest. And I'm probably not going to go in the direction you think I'm going to go, but I'm going to go for track, the barrel-aged version of language barrier. Oh, well, good choice. Coconut and coffee are, I would say, in my top three flavours of things on the planet. And the third is bourbon. So <laughs> the fact that it was a bourbon barrel aged version and also it was Woodford. And Woodford is, I mean, it's quite accessible, Woodford. Like you get it in supermarkets, it's not expensive. But that is, I always have a bottle of Woodford in because it's just so easy to drink. It's so vanilla forward. It's really great. So, you know, if I was thinking about designing a beer, I'm probably going to go for something a little bit excessive like that. It's going to have coconut, it's going to have coffee, and it's going to spend a bit of time getting to know some wood that's previously held Woodford Reserve. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'd love to see him redo that beer. That was really good. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, it's free, all three of them. I mean, in the end, the blueberry one, the first time I had it, I don't know what, what was up, but there was something wrong with the bottles that we discussed before. But yeah, that was the second bottle I had was amazing. All three bottles yeah. were very enjoyable. Oh, stunning. I'd love that- to do it again. That Baronet's language barrier looked up today. It's still carrying a 4.59. Wow. That's a ridiculous score. Yeah, it's very big. Like, so, yeah, it was stunning. Like, I mean, the original like, language barrier anyway does really well and it sells yeah. well. People love it. But then when they do a BA version of it, it was like, 
that was the one I held on to the longest out of the three bottles before I broke and Damn. finally was like, right, I'm going to have to sit down and enjoy this now because I know it's going to be good. I took that bottle to the States with me and I did, I cracked out at a little share that we had in Texas. And one of the guys that we were sharing with bought along a bottle of, it's called River Raptor. It's from Perennial. Perennial, I think I mentioned them before, the, the yeah. brewery that was started by Corey King, side project man. River Raptor is like a big hype style. It's like a barrel-aged marshmallow thing. Really insanely popular. I think there might be cinnamon in it as well. And we had that, like, big 750 of it. And we had the BA language barrier, and that just stole the show. It's like, it's up there with the best outs in the world. Yeah. That's a good shout, man. Like, yeah, big call, but yeah. It was one of those. It's like, it, it, you know, we seek all these big, heavy US stouts out when really we've still got, we've got good ones in the UK. They just don't come out that often. No. But there aren't enough barrel releases in the UK. They save them all for like a three-week period and they leave up to Christmas. Yeah, that's it. There's never, there's not like any summer releases, even though they would sell because people would buy them and then go, actually, I'm not going to drink they this. would. Yeah. You just don't see enough, do we? I mean, I, mean talk, we've, I think like talking the BA stuff, I mean, we, have, we know that Neon Raptor just last week from when we recorded this, brought all this Centaur Army BA. Yeah. And then Overturn are about to release on Wednesday their first yeah, ever beer. Their first, their, the first, sorry, their first bourbon BA yeah. beer because they've done yeah. Scotch Barrel before, haven't they? It's the first. And yeah, there's a Cloud Bottle box coming up. Track released a coffee stout, I think it was last week, and they they wrote in the post that they've got some of that squirreled away in barrels, although you know it's obviously not going to be available for quite a while yet. So they do come out, they just aren't frequent enough. I don't know what that is. It's just maybe the demand. I don't know, but they always seem to sell. Or capacity. I mean, maybe they haven't got room to have things in barrels all the time. You never know. But that would be my one plea to British brewers: if if you want to tempt people away from the hyper US stuff, put more stuff in barrels. Yeah, I couldn't agree more at all. So, what's a beer that you said you liked to impress people? Again, I'm going to put on my historical hat here and go back to like 2018, I think, on my birthday. I went into hand and managed to, like, I didn't really know what I was buying, in fairness. And they had a bottle of 2012 Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island. So I was like, I want to get myself a special beer for my birthday. What can I get? And Pete, the guy, and I was like, well, I've got a bottle of this. It's £16. It's not cheap. Nowadays, you're like, 16 quid. Like, you pay that for a Cloudwater Stout. <laughs> some of them so I was like yeah I love that and went home drunk it drunk it with a friend he said it tasted like melted plimsolls I <laughs> pretended to really like it because I was like oh yeah it's really rich and dark and complex and really I was like what is this absolute soy sauce <laughs> inside my head <laughs> but because I'd paid 16 quid for it I yeah. couldn't be like and he was there when I bought it as well I couldn't even spoof it I was like no this is great you just don't get it <laughs> yeah that's the thing isn't it like in your head you're like oh, but I've spent X amount on this, so it is going to be good. Even if it's awful, I'm going to make sure it's good. While you're having it and your mouth is telling you it's not, you're still like, it's got to be good. It is good. (laughs) Nowadays, I kind of appreciate those flavours. I'm sure I'd have a much better time with it. But back then, yeah, I did absolutely spoof it. (laughs) Things we do, eh? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, So what's a beer that's mad that you've never had? Double Fog. Didn't get it. Uh, Fell in one of those weird periods between me 
drinking and not drinking. And then there was like one weekend where I had a couple of beers in all, it was like a month, like a month period. And then by the time I got to like stocking up to actually drink again, I was like, it's a month old now. Mm. It's not going to be at its best. I'll just get whatever's fresh. But given the love that we both espouse for Fog pretty much every episode, it is quite mad that I haven't had that or didn't have it. I imagine it's going to be kind of a yearly release, though. Like, I really hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I loved it. I, mean, I, I, did, I had it, and it was, yeah, it was really, really good. You know, and might keep it on, like, with this thing and the spin, and we might see Triple Frog, frog, frog? Ooh, <laughs> Triple Frog. Talk. Triple Frog next year. It was either so for this question, it was going to be that or following on from the last episode, uh, even Tim the human shark. Oh, yeah, fair. I imagine that might come out again, but I think that I can imagine Rivet and are going to do a double fog again. I would have thought so. I really would have thought so. Especially, yeah, I definitely won't. So, the last question, yes, and I'm looking forward to having you answer this one as well. So, if you're a time capsule, what beer would you send? To the future to sum up the current beer scene so when you answered this you sent two didn't you because you went batshit end of the spectrum and kind of classic respect for tradition end of the spectrum yeah i think with my answer i've got one that does both okay i think i think <laughs> it's a bit it's a beer that we've mentioned on the show before it's boxcar triple dark mild. Oh wow! Now it respects the classics of British brewing, being that mild is a very traditional British style. But it also packs in all the excess of the brewing scene in 2022. Mild does not need to be nine percent. No, no. But it is, and it's wonderful. It's Brit. It's just this like perfect bridging of you know technical historical brewing history and whatever the hell lies in the future yeah that's a good answer because it is that kind of thing where there isn't there was i don't think it's dying out a little bit but they, like obviously the year where everyone just went mental for everything that was 10 percent. yeah like everyone i think it was like we had the tipper come in and there was a couple of breweries that like cloud water and then there was the one from um, ego tripping I forgot the name oh Pomona yeah they they brought out the, the tip of Cloudwater brought one out and people were like oh there was a couple of the US ones came into the UK and everyone was like oh we want, we want more of this keep doing it and then every brewery every week was churning out a triple IPA and I think that that's kind of died down a little bit but then like you're saying with the triple mile it does show though what the scene was is like or you know, with the high percentages, and there was there wasn't any need to make a dark mile nine percent. No, but they did it because they could. But also, they were very respectful of the tradition, which is what I love about it. I think yeah. they're really onto something. And also, they've got some of that in barrels. We're all in for a really good time in the future. Yeah, imagine that a BA triple dark mild. What would you barrel it in? Port barrel. Port. Oh. Yeah, really lean into it. Wow. But yeah. yeah. Cheers, man. That's good. They were good answers. They're good answers. Um surprising. I mean, I so was there anything surprising for you? Um, yeah, just the I think the Sierra Nevada was a good answer. But yeah, the last obviously the last answer, that was not what I was expecting at all. I don't know what I expected on that one. And I did expect more verdant mentions. 
I did deliberately rein it in, to be fair, just because people are going to get so bored of me talking about it. I, I don't need to talk about it anymore. Everyone knows I love them. Yeah. It's fine. I've done that. Tick. Yeah, man, they were really good. They were good answers. And I think that, like, the format of like, we'll have a few, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, that we'll have many guests on in the future. So of if you're interested and you want to take part in this and have just come on and have a, have a chat about beer, we'd love to have you on. Just drop us a DM and, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone.